Today's episode of Recovery Survey is fueled by Brainwash Coffee Company. I'm sure you've heard that drug and alcohol use is on the rise, especially during the pandemic. And Brainwash Coffee Company is working to raise money and awareness to support people seeking help. They donate 50% of their profits and their mission is to give back to the amazing recovery community. Their why is bold and their coffee is fresh. So if you want to sip on an amazing brew that warms your mind, body, and soul, then visit brainwashcoffeeco.com and use promo code recovery survey at checkout to get $5 off your first order. Brainwash Coffee Company, simple coffee for complicated people. You're listening to Recovery Survey, the podcast that shatters stigmas around different types of addictions and takes a deep dive into spiritual principles. The recovery community is is set to change the world because there's no other community on earth that has the ability to hear the most shocking story that anyone can tell and just nod and say, I feel you, man. My guest today is named Lona Curry, a.k.a. LC. He is the host of Recovery Soul Food, and he speaks openly, honestly, and authentically about childhood trauma, mental health struggles, and a 22-year addiction to opioids and anything that would help him escape the pain. He also speaks about gender transition. Welcome to the show, LC. My name is Lona LC. Curry. I go by LC in the world these days, and um, that's who I am. I'm a, have a podcast called Recovery Soul Food, and just want to help nourish the recovering soul. Recovery from you know whatever you know, like because addiction, substance is just you know, but one part of of the whole addiction type family. And of course, as you already know, it's it is you know the substance is or the habit is just a small byproduct of a deeper set of issues and so that's what we try to point out there on recovery soul food Mm, i love that i love that you brought that up and just the way that i've always heard it described is it's an outward symptom of a bigger problem so yeah i love that you bring that up and i think that that's so important because a lot of people just see that outward expression of the pain and the hurt and all the inward trauma and stuff that we're going through yeah and sometimes we when we're, you know, caught up in our own substance, you know, addiction, we fail to see, you know, that's what I love about where we are now in recovery. And I think it's, it comes from those of us that are recovering out loud that we have brought this new paradigm into recovery, changing the thoughts, because for so long, it was just abstinence. If you'll just stop using, you know, or stop drinking everything will be okay. And and that's what society was, you know, in these underlying ways. And even, you know, the recovery community back in those days, that's what that was conveying. And when, so when you would try to do that and you just quit and be abstinent, all of a sudden you're feeling like a failure because that old shit comes back up and you fight triggers and you fight triggers. Well, eventually, I mean, anything you fight, on a daily basis, 24 hours a day, you're eventually going to get tired and you're going to be run down. And then that one trigger is going to happen. It's going to be just enough. And you're going to say, fuck it. And you're going to go back because 
that's your coping mechanism. And until I really understood that, you know, I just thought that I was doomed to die by the needle. I was just doomed to be nothing on this earth but a messed up human being and was going to die in my addictions because I had tried to stay clean and sober and I could. Yeah, it's it's definitely a a, a full spectrum approach of mind, yeah. body, soul. Like there's just yes. so much to it. It's not mm. like you said, it's not just put the substance down and then our life magically gets better. There's so much more work to do once we get to that point where we can put the substance down. Yes, man. Yes, man. And you know, when you do that work, when you start doing that work, it's so much easier. Like, you know, if if I work with people and 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 I don't do a lot of working with people, like I don't have an open coaching business, but in the rare occasions that I do work with people, because I want to go deep, like it, it will never stay on the surface with me. We got to go deeper than that. I don't really care if you're clean or not. Like, and I hate to even use that word. I don't even care if you're still using, but want to change because as you begin to do that inner work, you realize that your coping skills begin to change and you almost naturally start, you know, moving towards that way. But a lot of people think that they can't start the recovery process until they just stop using. And, you know, we're still in the process of changing that paradigm of relapse to where you, uh oh, you messed up, I relapsed, and now I'm going to just follow it all the way back down to the worst of the worst. And I may come back and I may not. Other than now, at this point, you relapsed. That's part of the work. We're doing the work. You know, you relapsed, you said something about it, you get back up, and we keep going and we dive into. What was surrounding that? Because relapse is a thought process before it ever becomes, you know, a physical happening. So what was that about? Let's leave the part where, you know, you picked up. Let's leave that part alone right now. And let's go reverse back to what was there. What, what was that thought process? Definitely. And I love that you brought that up, that you don't care if they're clean, if they're still using like what that is. Cause I, I was listening to a friend's podcast and, and she had a guest on from Australia, who's a life coach. And he was talking about a similar thing where he doesn't care if they're using or not, as we put these positive things in our lives and we begin to work on ourselves, we will eventually get to the point where we realize that those coping mechanisms that we've been using no longer serve us. And, yeah. you know, a little bit down the road, he said, everybody that he's had in his program eventually comes to that point themselves of like, why, why am I using the drugs? Why am I using the alcohol? Yeah. This is no longer serving me. And I'm on this trajectory, this upward direction. And I don't need that. Those things are holding me back and they just naturally put those aside. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I have a friend who does a podcast called Recover Yourself, Martin John Garcia. And it was really, you know, diving into that with him. And, and it's been a few years ago. And the first time I heard him say that, I was like, you're absolutely right, man. And then I just started incorporating that too, you know, into the way I looked at things and the way that I worked with people. Because, you know, in everything we do, whether we have a dream of, of becoming a podcaster, and you'll understand this, you know, the same way I did. Every time we have this dream or this calling or this moving in our soul, moving us towards something, we always start counting all the ways that we can't do that. 
I can't do it because of this and I can't do it right now because of this. And that's really the same thing, you know, when we're talking about tackling that big thing of substance use recovery. Well, I want to be in recovery. I see this happening in my life, but I can't give this up right now. So, you know, I, I, I'm not ready or I can't step into this. I, so we start talking ourselves out of our own greatness. We talk ourselves, it's all, we, we fight for our limitations to use, you know, a, a popular saying, but we do, we fight for our limitations. And when you get with someone who takes all of that off the table that says, okay, what's the first excuse? This, oh, that, that don't, you know, that don't matter. It's not even an excuse. What's your second excuse? That, not, don't matter. Not that. I just want you to show up for you. And let's talk about what's going on with you. Man, there's so much involved in that validation. I mean, we go back to the hierarchy of needs. And and they say the first need that every human has is the need for safety and shelter. And I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that the first highest, highest need is validation and connection and community. Because... Just think about this. When you go through something like love or a breakup, people will stop eating, sleeping, drinking. They will go homeless, you know, because what's really, really important is our connection to other human beings, to to being emotionally validated. So when you just show up for somebody and validate them as a human being, you can start helping them learn to to care about themselves and enough that, that they start building these great needs for this, for themselves. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I've seen a trend here lately where people are talking more about how important connection is in recovery and just the community that we build and, and having those strong connections, having people that we can talk to people that'll listen to us, having those beyond surface level conversations. And I think that's so, so important. And it, it's been a huge part in my journey is, is building those friendships and knowing that I have this whole group of people that are behind me. They're willing to listen to me. They're willing to offer suggestions. Like that's just such a huge piece to this recovery thing, just to life in general, not even just recovery, but just us as human beings is, is, is having that connection. Like we are social creatures by nature. Yeah, divine. We're made that way. We're made to be in tribes. We're made to be in communities. And you're so right. When you can surround yourself with people that are just open to see you and they have walked, you know, a lot of the same path and they don't hold that judgment, then you have the safety. You feel safe to let yourself be seen. Vulnerability can change a person's life. You know, the current program and paradigm is that we don't want to feel, we hide our vulnerability, it's weakness, it's seen, you know, as a downfall, as a flaw. And yet what we're finding is the people we admire the most are the people that are willing to vulnerably share parts of their life that may be shocking to somebody because they're not used to it. But at the same time, it gives us this ability to truly connect on a deeper level with those human beings. And I've said this for the five years that I've been recovering out loud 
that the recovery community is is set to change the world. Like we are set up to really change the world because there's no other community on earth that has the ability to hear the most shocking story that anyone can tell and just nod and say, I feel you, man. Like, I know know where you've been. I feel you. I see you come closer. You know, and that's a big deal. There's so many people in the world that are outside of addiction and recovery that need that on such a deeper level, need that. And we got it. We got it. We're working out the kinks, you know, because as a transgender man, I still receive a lot of hate and judgment. But there's so much more love and understanding because even when we're talking about gender transition, the whole thing just resembles recovery and healing altogether. It all resembles. And the only the reason that I share that part of my life is because when I started sharing about recovery, my biggest point to drive home was find your root causes. Stop spending all of your time and energy on just trying to stay, quote unquote, clean and sober. Let's find your root causes, why you keep going to that place and start healing those. Well, I did that with everyone and I healed my childhood abuse. I healed my, my you know, shame and trauma. And I finally came to this one thing and all of a sudden my life was going really well. You know, I had a very successful online platform. I was helping people. I was living my passion. I was, you know, I was living and embodying the things that I was even sharing about. And all of a sudden, you know, my soul calls me to this. All right, we got this last thing we need to do. And I'm like, no, this is not the time. Things are going okay. You know, like we don't have to do this. And it just kept coming back to me in my soul. And, and I didn't want to be a hypocrite. I didn't want to be sharing about this for a few years and, and then continue to have this big secret. That was a huge part of my escapism. It was a huge part of my shame. It was intertwined with everything because I knew at four years old that I was starting to understand gender. That's when children start to begin to understand gender and who they are. And I knew then that something wasn't right. And I began going through all that and sharing that. And of course, you know, I started, began my platform there on Facebook and not everybody could take this journey with me. It was all good until they were able to start seeing real physical changes happening. And then I started getting a lot of judgment lot of hate. And, you know, my life took this turn where my wife had been wrongly diagnosed in her mental health and was being irresponsibly prescribed medications that were basically made her catatonic and a zombie. And so she was basically, I call it asleep for seven years. So in 2020, she woke up, she had a heart attack. It awakened her to, wait a minute, this, these medicines are killing me. I'm missing everything. We were transitioning in housing at the same time. And I was starting to really go through a lot of physical changes. Then we're in a national pandemic. 
I mean, all these things were happening at once and I just had to honor my own healing and the healing of my 15 year marriage at that time. And I had to just back off of doing things out loud. You know, sometimes we can share things with people that we're going through now. And then other times you're in that place where it's so much that you don't even know how to share about it yet. So you honor, I backed up and I honored my own healing. And so I just have really come back with a new renewed passion and sense of true depth and healing. But what I've understood is that so much of it is just alike. There is this time in your life of of transitioning gender, just like in recovery, where you're too far away from the old person you were, but yet you're not exactly knowing who that new person is yet. And you're in this place of feeling really uncomfortable and, you know, feeling like, well, who am I in the world? When I ask the question, what do you do? Who are you? You don't even know what to say. And you're you're depressed about some of the things you think you lost and that you get you're excited about some of the things you don't know yet. And that was all the same. And it was like the same processes. And I knew that without my recovery, I would never have had the strength and ability and coping mechanisms to go through, you know, this transition. And so I hope that people understand by seeing me, I'm doing my shadow work. And it's where everyone can see the general human being. They're doing their shadow work and we and they have the ability to not say anything about it. Or when somebody asks them how they're doing, they can give the cliche. Oh, I'm fine. But for someone who's who's transitioning gender, their shadow work is out for everyone to see. It's easy to, I guess, close our hearts and minds to the things we don't understand But if we really take a look at it, you can find such great inspiration in that person's life and take it into your own life. Like, oh my gosh, if this person is able to do their shadow work in a way that the whole world is able to see, step outside, live their truth, live their authenticity, what's stopping me? What is stopping me? And I just think that that's an amazing way that we can find inspiration in everyday life and motivation. I'd love to know what that moment was for you, where you found that courage to then, you know, put the ball in motion and, and begin that transition. Like, was there an, a, a certain event that happened or what, what led up to that? So nine years ago in April, I learned to recognize a life-changing moment when I decided to step in to recovery. I had just gotten, I just got sprung from jail. I was a week before going into treatment. My wife had just given me a shot, mainlined me, you know, a, a shot to make myself well. And in that moment, I thought, wait a minute, you're spending every bit of your life, money, you're compromising your soul, every bit for this one feeling, for this escape that's only going to last temporarily. And all in that very moment, I knew something had to change with my head and my heart, that I wasn't going to just be able to be clean and sober and make it. Same thing happened almost in that moment um, when I 
was in this place where my entire life, I was an angry human being. And I was standing in the kitchen and I was having this big argument with my teenage son. And it was in this moment that I realized I'm going to stand here, number one, and die of a heart attack. I am killing my body being this angry. And then I asked myself, what are you really angry about right now? Do you even know your son or are you trying to live out your life and dreams through him? So this whole like 15, 16, 17 years of his life, have you ever gotten to know him or have you just been attempting to live through him? And I realized, and I had to get really honest with myself that I was trying to live my life through him. He didn't want the same things I wanted. And we were in constant odds with each other. And so I knew if I didn't find a way to heal myself of this tremendous anger, that I was not even going to, I was not only going to lose my relationship with my son, who was the inspiration for me getting into recovery and truly healing. I was going to not only lose my son, I was going to lose my life because the anger was ravaging my body. I was on several different medications for stomach issues and blood pressure issues and thyroid issues. And then I had to be on something for my nerves. And and in the moment that I started asking bigger questions, my soul began to speak to me. My soul began to say, this is what we have to do. And I'll tell you, man, I didn't have health insurance. I didn't have, you know, money just flowing in from everywhere. I had no doctor, had no idea how I was going to do this, but I knew that it had to be done. I sat down, had a conversation with my wife and my son, and then I made an appointment at my primary care doctor's office. And it was a new doctor. I didn't know who she was and never, you know, met her before. But I finally got the courage, took me like a month or two months to really stop trying to talk myself out of this. And I go in to see her and I answered all the cliche questions and and everything. And I almost chickened out. And there, right at the end of the appointment, I said, listen, I'm going to stop bullshitting you. This is what I'm here for. I'm going to die if I don't do this. I'm going to die. If my anger doesn't kill me, I may kill me because as much as I've done in recovery, as happy as I am, there is a part of me that is just not, it's not whole. And she turns around real slow because she had her back to me this whole time. She turns around to me real slow and she says, well, you know, I am one of the only two doctors in this town that is certified to do trans health care and I can help you. I, I just kind of basically fell off the table and to my knees and just like broke right there because in that moment was validation that I was on my path, that this was my path, that how does that even happen? we never met. I had no idea who she was. A month from that day, on April the 24th of 2018, I began HRT, Hormone Replacement Therapy. 
and the anger just started dissipating. I take nothing but regular supplements now. My stomach's not having to be treated. My my thyroid, I was able to go down on that medication. And basically that of all the nerve medicine and all the blood pressure medicine, that's what I'm left with. There is a huge, huge just importance to a person healing themselves in an authentic way and living their truth regardless of what that is. Wow, that's that's incredible. And and just how everything kind of fell into place. I mean, what are the odds that, that you got one of the two doctors in your area that, that does the trans healthcare stuff? I mean, that's just, that's incredible. And uh, man, that I, that's inspiring. And I, I appreciate you sharing that. I'm sure that, I'm sure that you get some questions about that a lot. Sure. And, and yeah, it, for me, it's kind of a new space. I don't really know how to ask those questions. And I don't know, I think for some people it's kind of uncomfortable and, Sure it is, man. And I I really think that that's part of, you know, my mission here in the world as well, you know, because I've I've often on days I get so tired, you know, and, and everything and I get tired of the hate and, and misunderstanding. And sometimes it gets, you get really low and heavy. And then I'll ask the bigger questions. And I'm reminded that this is how people feel. They're unsure. We live in a society right now where we're all so pitted against one another and everyone's so afraid to offend the other that we often let questions that would open understanding go by because we don't want to offend. We don't want to get in a fight. And I feel like that part of my purpose here on earth is to be a person that is able to answer those questions because. I am not a person that is highly offendable because I want people to learn and connect with one another. And that that stress is so real, man. And I even stopped going to, I I started going to this um, like trans support group when I first began my my transition and I didn't know the language. Nobody gives you a book, you know, like nobody's passing out. Here's trans language and things you should say and shouldn't say. Nobody does that, not even for trans people. And I would go in there and just talk the way I talk. I was so inspired, but I use slang terms like man all the time. And I was just say little things and people would get so upset and irate and I stopped going. Like I was so afraid to offend or, and I, I couldn't even ask what I wanted to ask. And I'm trans that I thought, this is ridiculous. How are we going to fight to be seen and yet say, don't you dare see us, see us, but don't talk to us. It's like, why all the bullshit? I understand being safe. I understand being seen. But at the same time, why don't we just help people see each other as human beings and have the ability to openly have a conversation? So my offer to you is if there is ever is anything that you don't understand or you just want to ask, whatever, you contact me. I would be happy to help answer in any way, shape or form. I'm not afraid to say, yeah, man, that's kind of offensive. I have a friend of mine who's a 50 plus year old cisgendered woman, and we were doing a podcast together called The Transgender Mentor because she was in the same boat. And she will still to this day send me a question and ask me, 
hey, I put this post up for Pride Month. Did I word it okay? Or if you're comfortable answering this, can I ask you this? My only requirement to people is make sure that before you ask the question, it would be something you would be willing to answer. Because a lot of people will come to you with you know, ridiculous questions where they just want to see the freak show, so to speak. But for people that are really trying to broaden their, you know, their minds and their hearts and grow into where we're evolving to, because we ain't got no control. This is a divine evolution of humanity. We ain't got no control over it. Whether we like it or not, we're evolving. So, you know, those questions, I don't mind at all answering, man. I'm, I'm, I am truly here to be a catalyst for, for change and love and connection. So that's my offer to you. I really appreciate that. And, and like we talked about earlier, at the end of the day, we're all just human beings that are looking for that love and connection and that community. And to me, I think as long as people are coming and asking these questions from the right space, like Mm -hmm. you were saying, not, not trying to see the freak show, not, not asking those hurtful questions, but coming from that place of like love and, and curiosity and, and, you know, coming from, uh, I guess just like the, a, a kind place, yeah. I can see how that can be beneficial and people can begin to learn. And, and I, I just love that you're open about everything and you're willing to, to help people. And, and like you're saying with going to the classes and you not even using the right language <laughs> and stuff, I, I even had that thought before we started recording. Cause I too say man a lot, like at the end of, I don't, I don't know why, but just like at the end either. of stuff, I say, man, and I've done it on probably every episode I've ever done, men, women, you know, whatever yep. orientation they yep. are. And as, and like, as we were getting ready to start, I was like, don't, I was like, can I, I was like, eh, I don't know what <laughs> words to use. Like, eh, and then you started talking and instantly it was just like calm and relaxed and just like, oh, this is super oh, chill. That's awesome. That's awesome. Cause that's the only way it needs to be, man. I mean, we're more alike than we are different, you know, all of us. And, and, and we're pitted, you know, in society, we're, we're pitted against each other in all these ways. We, we live in a society that for so long has been pick aside, you know, whether it's through politics, whether it's through sexual orientation, whether it's through gender, whether it's through Pepsi or Coca-Cola. I mean, you know, we're always being asked to pick a side. And it's like, People are, they're growing internally uneasy with being boxed into labels. I mean, I even love seeing what's happening in the world with the divine feminine, that that women are standing up and saying, wait a minute, you know, like, this is not all we are about. I mean, I saw something last night, I was watching something random, and this, this kid said, you, do you know in the 1800s? If a woman committed murder, instead of them arresting her, they would arrest her husband because he is ultimately in charge of everything she does. She has no identity. And I thought, how far have we come into see, you know, women for what they truly are? There's nothing stronger on earth than a female. And I couldn't even realize that or say that until I began my own transition because femininity went with weakness and unsafe from watching my mom be abused, from myself being abused, and always knowing that difference. It was always the female part of me was 
just always open to being hurt. And I've noticed in my own transition, as I present in the world, I don't have to worry about myself walking to my car after dark. It, it was little things like that that I started recognizing that I don't have to walk really, really fast because it's dark and I got to get to my car. There's certain things that, that I don't have to be afraid of anymore, but it's been that change that has brought to light so many things of the female experience that I didn't even ever even let myself understand until now. There's so much changing in the world. We're watching the world evolve into us coming back to a place of being told how to think, told what to do, stay within your box, do not come outside of your labels. You know, you stay right there. If you're an addict, this is as far as you can go. If you are this, this is it. And now people are saying, but that's not all there is to me. I am so much more and I'm ready to step into that. And I love what's happening in the earth. And I know it's got to shake up and people got to get uncomfortable. We all do. But at the same time, we are growing back into a world of humanity versus programs of thought. And and like you're talking about, just like the two sides. And I feel like for the longest time, there's like misconception, like whatever side you're on, you have this misconception about the other side and this mm-hmm. and that. And I think we're, we're getting to a place where there's maybe there, there's not as many people on opposite sides as we think there's more people yeah. in the middle and people yeah. that I like some of these ideas. I like some of those ideas. Yeah. Like it's not all this or that. And, and I think that's a good place for us to be, you know, yes. I, I, I don't really discuss politics on my show, but, right. but I feel like there's more people that have more central thoughts instead of being right or left or this or that, you know, there's, there's more of a, a mix and people are starting to, to be more themselves and not necessarily pick a team, so to say. Yeah. Yeah. And how tremendous is that? That's amazing because there was always shame wrapped around. Cause if you're in this box, but you felt a little bit of, of, of what's in the other camp, you, there was shame around that. Like you couldn't say that out loud. I mean, even at a time when we were talking about MAT and 12 step, you know, issues. Now that that world is starting to come together. But for the longest time, if you were on medication assisted treatment, then you would either be shamed into keeping that silent and going into meetings, which kept you holding a secret, or you just didn't go and had to white knuckle and do things on your own. So that's what I did. MAT saved my life whenever I came into recovery. I needed that to be able to keep my body kind of balanced while I worked on my head and my heart. And you know, now we're even seeing that camp open up and, and be more like, okay, I can see the recovery in this. Let's, let's acknowledge this. That's an amazing thing. We are not being held down by shame. Addiction is the disease of shame. And, you know, just by what you and I are doing right now, our conversation and however far it goes out, we are telling the world that we are not ashamed of how we have coped, what we have done. We're not proud of the things we've done in that act of addiction, but you need to see that part too. 
so that you can associate and see the humanity in the man you're going to step over in the street today and call him a loser. Why don't you just get up and go get a job or take a bath? I mean, we're starting to understand that people are having human experiences all over the place and the box just don't fit anymore. The box just doesn't fit. It's a beautiful thing, man. Yes. Yes. I love it. Well, Elsie, we're getting kind of towards the end of our time, but I would love to give you the opportunity. If there's anybody that's listening that wants to connect with you, wants to listen to your podcast, where can, where can people find you? Thank you for that. I appreciate it. And it's been a true honor being here and talking to you. And I hope we get to talk and, you know, even more, I think that you're an amazing human being. Thank you for your platform and what you do. It's amazing. Um, you can find the recovery soul food podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, they are supporting video now too. So the video podcast is there. I love that. iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and all other places that you um, get your podcast. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash recovery soul food. And I'm more active on Instagram these days than anywhere else. And that is recovery underscore soul food. Yeah, that's a great place to start. Thank you so much, man. It's been an honor. Elsie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really do appreciate it. I know a lot of people are going to be encouraged and uplifted by the message that you shared today. Be sure to check out Elsie's podcast, Recovery Soul Food. Links for that will be in the show notes. You've been listening to Recovery Survey. If you got anything out of today's episode, I'd ask you to please leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us at recoverysurvey.com. You can listen to all of our episodes on the website as well as connect with us on social media where you can get previews for upcoming episodes.